All right, so just about three weeks ago, this didn't feel possible. Uh, the Rangers trailed the Penguins 3-1 in the second round of the playoffs, and it seemed like the season was lost. And, um, you know, that's the last time I talked to Brian Monzo, uh, the producer for uh, Mike Francesa on the fan and on Fox Sports 1. And the last time we talked, the Rangers were facing a terrible hole. It looked like they weren't going to climb out of it. Um, they climbed out of that one. They got past the Canadians, and now they're playing for the Stanley Cup for the first time in 20 20- years uh since i was in elementary school i'm not sure Ramonza was then but he joins me tonight uh after a, a raucous win and in a crazy msg crowd uh, a one nothing rangers win they're headed to the cup Monza, how you doing now uh we're uh we're doing well we're shocked i guess is the word <laughs> well you said after they were trailing the uh the penguins Three games to one. You know, you opened that podcast by saying uh, you had a better chance of getting a date with Kate Upton than the Rangers did of coming back there. So I guess, ha- have you seen her yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, she must have missed my text. <laughs> uh, yeah, wild. <laughs> well, that was about as good a game as the Rangers could play. I, ge- I guess you know a one nothing win. Maybe they could have played better offensively. They had enough chances to put a, a few extra shots home, and we'll get to those. But it was almost a vintage Rangers game, and, and it almost felt right that they won one nothing to, to head to the finals because that's the way the last six or so years they've had to win games, had to win big games, is you know score a goal, if they got lucky, score two goals and have Lundqvist stand on his head. So it almost felt right that they're going there. He gets his first shot out of the playoffs, uh, coming off his worst game of the playoffs. Uh, everything just felt right about that one. Yeah, and you know, the weird thing was Lundqvist really didn't have to stand on his head because he... Canadians only had 18 shots or so, and uh, none of them, with the exception of one little uh, Dominic Hoshik like stop here to make him the second period, were, you know, blow your mind saves. So, you know, it was a, a good all around effort. I think they had a couple chances to, to make it a 2 nothing game, uh, you know, but they didn't need that second goal, thankfully, and they got it done. And, uh, you know, uh, one question, the, the team historically comes back from bad efforts with good games, and they did it again tonight. It's weird when your team's losing in an elimination game with f- finality of the season approaching and, and that, you know, sense of impending doom. The clock seems to go faster than it does in other games. And um, really, the Rangers haven't been, you know, they haven't seen that this season because. Um, you know they they didn't trail the Flyers, and when they did, it was uh, you know it was Game Seven, the elimination game they faced there, and they won it. And uh, the elimination games against the Penguins, uh, they came back in all three of those. They they led early on; they didn't have to worry about it. Um, in this series, they never faced elimination. So I guess the most recent one would be. Um, you know, for me or for you, and I know you're not an Olympic guy, but the USA Canada game when they were losing and it just felt like they'd never score a goal, it just felt like it would never happen. And I'd have to think that maybe that sense, you know, started to creep into the Canadians fans. But from a winning perspective, it, it felt like time stood still over that last, uh, you know, period and period plus two minutes there after Dominic Moore scored. That that third period, those 20 minutes seemed more like 40. Yeah, you know, you look up the clock and, you know, it, it, you see it, it's 18 minutes and it feels like five minutes goes by and you look up and it's 17 minutes. <laughs> uh, you know, and this series, this series didn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, action where the clock uh, just kept going. There were a ton of whistles. Uh, we, we caught a little bit of that in the second period and early in the third where there was some flow to the game and then, uh, you know, penalties and icings and offsides. Hand passes. I mean, you puck out of the play, out of play. And this whole series didn't have a ton of flow, so these games felt like they were longer than they were. 
but in that third period, especially when it got to under 10 minutes, uh, the only time the clock went by kind of quick was when Cross took that stupid penalty. But, yeah, it definitely feels like, like that 20 minutes is a little longer. And uh, I don't know how it feels if you're on the ice and if you're a player. I'm sure for the Canadians it went by a lot quicker uh, than they had hoped. But, uh, yeah, the, those one-goal leads going into the third, and as I said before, the third period started. That one-goal lead, I mean, look, it, unless it was an absolutely impossible shot, Lundqvist had to be a brick wall in the third period. You know, it was his game to win. They gave him a lead going into the third. You know, it's his time to shine. And, you know, he really didn't have to make any saves in the third period. None of, you know, real note. But, uh, you know, he held the fourth down and uh, has now propelled them to the Stanley Cup final. It seems like every team that wins, uh, you, you could look at, I guess, really any championship team in any sport. But it seems like, at least in the Stanley Cup, because the tournament's so long, because you have to win four seven-game series to get there, it always feels like uh, something crazy has to go right for you at some point. If you look at the Blackhawks last year, that, that game six win against the Bruins where they scored two goals in 17 seconds. Um, you know, the Kings the year before, they're the eighth seed and they run the table. The Bruins faced uh, a two-game two def- two deficit uh, in their first round against the Canadians in 2011, and they also had to win three game seven. So it just seems like at some point everything, you know, every team has to overcome something. And for the Rangers, I think, you know, when you look back at that series, we talked about the, the Penguin series, and they trailed three games to one. Um, if everything goes right here over the next few weeks, if they are able to win the cup for the first time in 20 years, and even if they're not, just to make it this far after what went on in that Penguin series, it feels like that was their one thing they had to overcome. Is there anything else that you turned to um, through their first 20 playoff games that, that, you know, they needed to happen and needed to get a bounce one way or the other? Uh, I mean, I think they also dealt with the uh, Martin San Luis uh, death of his mother, which uh, obviously was a big story for a while. It's a couple, a couple weeks removed from that, so we're not, you know, obviously hearing about it as much. But, uh, you know, a couple injuries. Derek Stepan, you know, with the broken jaw was a story. Uh, Dan Carcillo's suspension for breathing on the ref was an issue. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that, that game four against Pittsburgh when they looked like absolute garbage, uh, you know, or basically getting booed off the ice, and then having to, you know, go against elimination uh, for three straight games. I mean, that's that's as good of a storyline as there is, because I'm pretty certain, as we joked about earlier, that, you know, everybody, there's not one person, and if they're telling you this, they're lying, that actually thought the Rangers had a chance at the Game 4 to win that series and, you know, advance the Stanley Cup final. So I think a couple of those things and the other things I mentioned with the injuries uh, were definite uh, moments that you're going to remember uh, whether the Rangers win the next series or not. You mentioned uh, St. Louis' personal life and that terrible situation. And, uh, you know, the other storylines with this team, but when you look at, you know, Nash and, and he sort of turns it around and he, and he got his goals and he played better and Lundqvist, the guy who's been criticized about never winning the big game, and Vigneault, who was criticized early in the season and, you know, he couldn't win in Vancouver. He comes here and he has his team in the finals the first year. Um Brad Richards, who was a former winner, who was scratched in the last two games of last season and looked like he might get bought out and never play for the Rangers again. Uh, you know, there's just so many good storylines to go around with this team, and and especially with Dominic Moore and everything he's had to deal with in his personal life, missing last season, and him for him to get that goal tonight, which turns out to be the only goal in the game-winning goal. Um, he'll have a chance to play in the finals now for the first time after losing in the conference finals in the past with the Canadians and with the Lightning in back-to-back years. It just seems like you know that goal couldn't have happened for a better guy at a better time. 
Yeah, that was a great job of the team cycling, cycling the puck in the second period there. And there was a play maybe 15 to 20 seconds before they scored that that's not going to really be talked about. But, uh, you know, Brian Boyle, your your favorite player, got, you know, was working along the boards and kind of, you know, got hooked or, or, you know, his stick got jammed. And he was able to move the puck with his feet to keep the play alive. And, and that really led to what ended up being the goal. So... That whole play and that whole ability for those guys to grind and cycle uh, was a huge advantage in that shift, and you know, that wears down the defense and uh, you know gives you chances to get open. And that's what Moore did. And you know another storyline that you didn't mention, uh, you know, is the fact that Mark Stahl last year took a puck to the eye and his career was in danger, and he was able to come back. I actually, thought he had a pretty didn't have a great game. Yeah, he, he had the worst game. Period. I think he played baby's worst game of the season. Yeah, he, he was you know turning the puck over and. You know, although in the third period his stick positioning was very good, but he made a couple of giveaways that you'd really question. But, you know, that was an issue last year. He took a puck to the eye, and you weren't sure if he was going to come back. He actually did come back, I think, for one playoff game last year. Um, you know, but that was it after that. It took one hard hit, and that was the end of that. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of good storylines and uh, a lot of interesting storylines. And, you know, today's a year to the day that the Rangers fired John Tortorella. Um, you know, so a year later, after after firing a coach that had brought him to a conference final, they are now advancing to a Stanley Cup final. It's kind of weird how things worked out. Well, I know how ecstatic you are for the, for this win and for the Rangers to be back for the first time in 20 years to the Stanley Cup Finals, but I feel like there's almost an equal level or at least somewhere near equal level of uh, you know ecstasy for you in the fact that it was the Canadians they beat and it was the Rangers ending the Canadian season. <laughs> well, it's no, it's no secret that the Canadians are not one of my favorite teams as a fan. Obviously, I respect you know their history and you know, I, I you know the player. You know, I, I could I could be honest enough to admit that you know they are a talented team, and you know, with the exception of Carey Price, um, you know they are they are a good franchise. But yeah, I mean, look, it's it's great to eliminate you know one of the faces of the league and, and one of the most competitive teams in the league. So I'll never uh, feel bad for the Rangers eliminating a team with that kind of history, and, and more be proud of the fact that they were able to do it. And before this the series started, I know you thought that the Canadians would win, and you know people got on you for that because you you know you're supposed to be a Rangers fan, and people don't like when uh, you know fans of of their own teams aren't aren't completely for them. And you know I didn't I picked the Rangers to win in seven only because you know I wanted them to win the series, and because I thought the only way they would was in seven games because that's all they can do. But I thought you know a, a real part of me thought they would lose this series, and thought it could be bad, especially going there for the first two games. But you know they didn't lose a series obviously and, and when you look back on it now when you watch these two teams match up for an extended period of time rather than just here and there across a regular season you know do, do you feel like like you know you had made the right decision going into the series and it was the price injury or do, or do you think now looking back the Rangers have just grown as a team and are a completely different team than they were a few weeks ago well you know I joked around about the idea of them getting swept or, or losing you know, not even winning a game, and that was, you know, I was kind of joking and having fun with that, and that was kind of taken out of context and, and a little bit, but, you know, the reality of it was, I really thought they were going to have a hard time with the series, and I wasn't uh, filled with confidence that the Rangers could win the series, just based on history of how they played there, you know, the fact that they went through two grueling seven-game series, uh, the fact that they kind of, I, I thought there might have been a chance that they kind of, uh, you know, had their moment with coming back with the Penguins being down 3-1, to one, and that was kind of the high, and it really couldn't get much better. 
Uh, in fact, at one place, had not played well in Montreal. I thought they were just a combination of things, and, and the way the, the Canadians did come back against perhaps the best team, it might still be the best team in the East, the Boston Bruins. Uh, I just thought there were a lot of things that weren't in the Rangers' favor. And uh, I'm not going to say I was, I was completely wrong because, you know, there were people, you know, even when they were down 2 nothing, even when they were injured up 2 nothing in the series, you know, when the Canadians make it 2-1 to one, and when the Canadians make it 3-2, to two, uh, there's people that, that probably thought there was a chance they'd come back and probably saw that in those games. You know, good portions of those games, Montreal was the better team. Um, but, you know, the Rangers uh, are, 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 you know, a, a really tough bunch, and they have a lot of character, and they were over, able to overcome uh, some of their uh, some of their issues in Montreal. Lunk was playing two great games up there. He got, you know, slaughtered in game uh Game five, but you know he was great those first two. He was great tonight. Uh, did it help that Carey Price got knocked out? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I I didn't think Tukarski played bad. Now, I'm not sure. I'm pretty confident in saying Tukarski's not the reason they lost the series. Um, so look, I'm glad the Rangers won, and I'm I'm glad I was my my, my gut feeling was wrong. But uh, you know, I really think the series could have went either way, and I, I I'm glad the Rangers were the team to come out on top. Well, on the ice, uh, you know, a few changes were made in Game 6, and one of them was a change that really should never had to be made because it should have been changed uh, the other way in the first place, and that's Rick Nash you know, getting back on the power play as the power play struggled and looked like a Tortorella-Mike Sullivan power play. Um, and, you know, he's out there on the first unit. And, it, I mean, I don't know how frustrating that must be for a guy of his talent, you know, forty uh, former 40-goal scorer, a, a real, true, elite, pure goal scorer in the NHL, um, at one time one of the best in the world, to be sitting there watching guys like, you know, Kreider and Stepan and guys of lesser offensive ability out there while he's sitting on the bench because he was in such a you know extended scoring slump. Um, it just didn't make sense to me that he wouldn't be on the power play ever. I don't care if the guy hasn't scored in, in 50 games or 100 games. He's Rick Nash, and he belongs on the power play. And it took Vigneault, you know, almost the entire game tonight to get him back out there. And that had been a recurring theme now for a couple of weeks. It's not like he just did this. So, you know, I mean, what's going through your head when – we haven't really had a chance to talk about this, but when you're going to put Rick Nash on the bench, not have him on not in, not only unit one, but both units of the power play just doesn't make too much sense to me. Especially when you have to see Benoit Pouliot out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, look, it, it makes sense what you're saying, and I agree with you. You know, Rick Nash should be out there, but as far as what he's thinking, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit frustrating, but one thing I've learned from being around this team uh, throughout the playoffs and, and going to all the games and going in the locker room and, and obviously reading quotes and papers is that, you know, they're a pretty unified group. So I, while it may bother him a little bit, I'm fairly certain what he's thinking is the most important thing is the team wins. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure it's not fun for him to be watching from the bench in the power play, and, and hopefully he will stay on the power play, you know, moving forward. But at the same time, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, he probably is, is okay with the idea that the coach is doing what he thinks he needs to do to win. And obviously, uh, despite uh, maybe some uh, some issues with, with Nash, the, you know, the Nios pushed most of the right buttons here throughout the playoffs. So I'm not really in a position to question him, but I do agree with that Rick Nash is a player that needs to be on the power play and, featured in every special team's uh, situation he can be and be the guy leading the team in shots. And, you know, he got those three goals in the series, and hopefully that that continues because they're going to need them uh, in the cup finals, whether they play Chicago or uh, Los Angeles. And with the win, uh, now the next game they'll play will be game one on next Wednesday against either Chicago or L.A. And 
John Moore won't be able to play in that game as well, and Rafael Diaz fit in and uh, you know fit in seamlessly in this game. And he did have a couple you know d- defensive lapses where he he got lucky because the puck bounced um, either over Canadian sticks or he got lucky with you know someone getting caught up on the boards. It could have turned into Ademir Rushes, could have turned into disasters, and he would have been uh, you know left out to dry, or or, or he would have actually left Lundqvist out to dry. But it didn't turn out that way. And he played a good game, and it's funny because there's a guy who who's played only when players have gotten hurt or in this case suspended um and he's thrown into the mix and he's on the power play over nash who's you know their best offensive weapon and uh i thought diaz played a great game and now the question becomes you know if the rangers win game one of the the finals and obviously we're still six days away from that or, or whatever we are when it happens next wednesday um does he become you know the sixth guy is he the last man in the lineup and is more out and a victim of his own suspension i mean granted you know it is the last defensive player on the team. It's it's not extremely important because I think you can interchange either either of them. But it just seems to me like when Diaz plays, I don't know if it's I notice him more because I'm looking for him to do something because I I like him as an option out there, or or if it's just because he actually does have that much of an impact on the game. I think he's a, a pretty big defensive liability out there. <laughs> However, uh, he he is very very uh, smooth in the power play. And he, he he can move the puck, and, and that's something you like out of a defenseman. Uh, his 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 inability sometimes to read the plays defensively is why he's not, or hasn't been able to crack a roster and be an every game defenseman. And John Moore is a little bit of the opposite. He's pretty sound defensively. He's physical, as you've seen, and there's been glimpses of him being a pretty talented offensive player. Uh, but I do agree with you that you know whether it's Moore or whether it's Diaz. You know, it's, it's not going to really matter in the end. Uh, but when Diaz does play, uh, he, he does have to kind of be in the power play because he is a good passer. He has a pretty good shot. He gets the puck on net. He thinks shot before anything else, uh, which is something you want from a defenseman on the power play, uh, which you don't get from guys like Dan Girardi or even Ryan McDonough, who passes the puck, I think, way too much, considering he's got a good, accurate shot. Um, you know, I, I think if the Rangers, you know, after winning tonight, and if the Rangers do go out and win Game One of the Stanley Cup Final, it's going to be hard for Vigneault to change the lineup. And I think he's going to go whatever works. And if that means John Moore's got to sit on the bench till uh, he's needed, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, if, if that means that you know the Rangers go out and lose Game One, uh, and he feels the need to insert John Moore back in the lineup, I think he will. Uh, but I think. Uh, not like anything else, you go whatever's working, and if Diaz is what's working, I have no problem with him playing every game. Well, you just said uh, about winning Game One of the Stanley Cup Final, and you know I know we've gone back on back and forth in this since the NHL changed it from Stanley Cup Finals to Final, and. Sometimes I say final, sometimes I say finals, but I always feel weird when I say final, and I know that you were against it, and I thought you said you'd never say that. Yeah, you know, I, it's late, I'm tired, um, but, you know, I, I, more often than not, I'll say Stanley Cup finals, which is, you know, whatever uh, whatever comes to mind. Sometimes I don't feel like using that last letter, but, you know, it is the Stanley Cup finals. I don't care what anybody else tells you. And, you know, now that it's down to L.A. and Chicago, for me, I'm rooting for, obviously, Chicago to win and force it to a Game 7 for less rest for either team. But 
I know it sounds crazy. I mean, I think the Rangers, I don't, I think they can go wrong with either matchup. I think they're both going to be tough teams. Obviously, the Rangers will be the underdog heading into the series. But I feel like for me, um, I'd rather have them face Chicago, even though that sounds crazy since they're the defending champion and they've won uh, two of the last four cups. Um, but I just have a bad feeling about the Kings. I think they're a worse matchup. I think both teams are a bad matchup really for the Rangers. But uh, I'm pulling for the Blackhawks to pull this off and we get a New York-Chicago series. Uh, no, I agree with you. I, uh, look, I think either team is gonna uh, is gonna be really difficult for the Rangers to win this series. Or you know, if it was the Canadians, you know, they would have gotten destroyed by either of those teams. I think the Rangers have a, have a chance. I'm not sure how good of a chance they have, but you know, the West has been pretty, uh, with the exception of the Bruins. You know, uh, the West possesses some of the best teams in the league. You know, that includes the Kings that. Uh, the Kings, the Blackhawks, I think you can even throw the Ducks in there pretty confidently. Um, you know, I think the two best teams in the West are playing for uh, a chance to go to the finals, and I'm not so sure that happened in the East. I think, you know, the, I still think the Bruins are probably the best team in the East, but it uh, worked out well for the Rangers in that way. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, look, the, 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 when it comes down to it, I don't, I don't want to, you know, understate it, uh, but... You know, who do you want to play? You want to play John Quick or you want to play Corey Crawford? Um, you know, John, John Quick won a cup. He's won a, you know, he's played well in the Olympics, you know, really well. He's been, he's been a star for Team USA. You know, Corey Crawford, I know he's won a Stanley Cup and it was played well, you know, but I think he's a little more fragile. I don't think big games, you know, screw up John Quick at all. Um, you know, I think the travel would be better for, for the Rangers to, to play in Chicago and not have to go out to Los Angeles. Uh, the Rangers have had some success against Chicago. They have not against Los Angeles. So I think, you know, I agree with you. If you gave me a choice of who they're gonna, who you'd want them to play in Chicago, uh, that said, uh, I think Los Angeles is going to win the series, and it's going to be it's going to be hard. I mean, I think the six days off here for the Rangers is actually a good thing. You know, it lets those uh, bruises heal from blocking shots and, uh, you know, any kind of uh, sprains or strains they may have, get a couple extra days for rest. Uh, and it gives them a chance to scout the opponents a little better and, and a little more, and they can watch the game tomorrow night. And So, yeah, I mean, look, if you're asking me who I, I would prefer them to play in Chicago, who I think it's going to be at Los Angeles, and I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be exciting for the league to have New York back in the finals for sure. Well, since uh, we're still almost a week away from the, se- the series starting, and if it were to ever go the distance, there's... Uh, three weeks until the whole thing would be over. So we have a lot of time, a lot of chances left to talk. Uh, but before I let you go, you know, you had a tweet on Wednesday, completely not related to the Rangers or hockey, but I, I actually wanted to talk to you about it. I had, I had a chances um, about you talking about, you know, athletes and, and people booing athletes and athletes whining about getting booed. And I, I thought it was the best series of tweets you've ever had out of your tens of thousands of tweets. So I just wanted to, you know, he, he, I'm assuming it had to do with the Mets and, and Granderson and those guys complaining about getting booed, but I, I thought, you know, you made some great points, and I'm totally on board with you. Well, I mean, what, you know what, know where it came from was, and I don't do work on my show. I was actually driving home, and I was sitting in traffic in the home tunnel, which normally isn't bad, about 10 minutes, and I just heard these callers calling Steve Summers in the fan, and, and one guy actually defended the idea that Mets fans, not, not just Mets fans, but he was talking you know, about Mets fans, you know, shouldn't fool or, or the leagues should discourage 
fans for booing or start even like kicking fans out for booing. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, I, 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 I think about it. I, how could a fan, like, like, how could you, it's not, it's not personal to boo somebody. It's, it's just, it's a stupid sound and, and, you know, it's, it's to indicate that you're not happy with the team's performance. And I know I mentioned to you that I didn't like the idea that Ranger fans were booing Rick Nash, but it wasn't because Rick Nash didn't deserve to be booed, because he obviously did. He was playing horrible, and Rick Nash could handle the idea that he was being booed. It was because I thought when you're rooting for a team, when they're playing, especially in a playoff, boom, it's not the smartest thing to do with a fan base, but not because I thought Rick Nash couldn't handle it, and it was going to, you know, discourage him from playing. I mean, you're hearing some of these guys, and we're going to use the message as an example because, you know, it's, it's kind of what's been hot lately. Uh, you know, the pitching coach was talking about how the fans were discouraging the players, and Curtis Branson, who I like, uh, I think he's a very, a very good player, a very solid player, and he's been okay for the Mets, you know, since basically going over 75 to start the season. Um, you know, that, that the, the, the booing you know, bothers people, and... I mean, these guys are making tons of money. You know, they have the fans, you know, the 85 fans that show up at City Field, you know, have the right to boo the team when they, you know, they get, you know, shut out by the Cubs for two games in a row. It's a problem. And you're allowed to, you know, but on the opposite end, when they play well, the fans have the right to cheer, and they will. Um, but this idea that the fans should be discouraged from booing is just humble. I mean, because it's affecting the players mentally. And I kind of went into this rant that it kind of starts with these players being dated when they're younger and that there's no winning and losing when you're younger. Everybody just gets a trophy for participating. I mean, what the hell is that? I mean, that just makes absolutely no sense. And obviously you want to encourage people to participate, but you want to reward them for winning and losing because that's what competition is about. When I played hockey and baseball, I didn't play to play. I played because I wanted to win. I wanted the other team to lose, and I wanted to play and laugh when they lost. You know, because I won. You know, and when I lost, I'm, I wanted them to feel the same way. I was pissed off when I lost. You know, I was I'm, I was a horrendous sort of loser because I wanted to win. That's what competition is. It's healthy. It builds character. And the fact that that's not being taught to the youth is kind of now all of a sudden it's affecting the pros, which is amazing. And it, it's just the soft mentality. It, it, it's honestly it's pathetic. I hate to use that word, you know, and it's just, it really bothers me that a fan, a fan would agree with the idea that that the league should ban booing. Like, what? <laughs> and, uh, that, that really set me off. And I rarely get that passionate about something because I'm pretty mellow and laid back and honestly don't care much about anything except for eating. So, you know, that really set me off, and, uh, you know, it didn't make any sense to me. And for a fan to say that, I just wanted to go to the phone and slap the guy. <laughs> well, maybe when Mike goes on his, uh, you know, summer hiatus and takes his vacation, you could do motivational speaking on the side to fill your time. Well, look, I, I'm, I'm glad you agreed, man. It seemed like most people did. You know, one guy took exception to what I said because I mentioned I had a four-year-old, and, you know, he, he should be worried about winning and losing. I, I didn't mean when he's four. When he's four, he's just got to learn the game. You know, but, uh, you know, but when, when he wants to play baseball or whatever, and when he's 12 or 13 years old, and, you know, he loses the game, and, you know, with, you know I'm going to, you know, I will tell him that, you know, it's, you know, uh, he tried his best, and I understand that, but if you want to win, you got to try harder and get better, and it's all about winning, you know, it's, it's, it's what competition is, it's not, you know, even a kid doing that stupid spelling bee, 
that, that gets so much pop. The idea is to win it, not to just be able to spell 14-letter words. <laughs> I mean, you want to be the one standing up at the end winning. You know, and if that's, if that's you know, this idea of participation trophies is disgraceful. If I ever got one, I would freaking burn it. <laughs> ah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's the soft nature. I actually read something, someone tweeted this to me, and if, if this is the case, it's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll puke in my shoes. Uh, they, they are getting rid of, like, the honor roll and the honor society in schools because it's an exclusive club and people feel excluded. What? <laughs> you know, uh, how, how do you think, you know, that's, you're rewarding people for working hard and, and being smart. You know, how is that, you know, any, everybody could be in it if they were that smart. It's just not everybody's there. I never made the honor roll, and I wasn't offended about it. I just, you know, I, I realized I had to work harder. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Were you a, were you an honor roll student? I once, once, once or twice. I made it. You know, but, you know at least you made but, it. You know, I was more, but I was more concerned playing NHL '94 than learning about <laughs> social. Studies. So I mean, but uh, yeah, again, just because a couple people made it, and I didn't. I wasn't offended. I, I understood it, and I honestly, I you know, if I really wanted to make it, I would have worked a little harder. You know, when it came down to playing hockey, you know, at championships and winning games, that's. You know, I wanted to win. I wanted. I practiced every day, and it was because I wanted to win, not just because I wanted to be out there and be filmed and everybody clapping me, trying my hardest. <laughs> oh man! I don't know. Am I wrong? I mean, is no, that? No, you're you know, right. You're right. I think this is, is a great is, way. Is there, is there a generational gap that I'm missing? I just don't understand it. I feel bad now that I took you off your high of the Rangers making the the finals, and now you're all pissed off and driving driving home from MSG all angry. Oh yeah, I'm actually I'm passing Newark Airport, and the plane's about to take off. I'm trying to race them. <laughs> All right, Monza. Well, while you while you race that plane, I'll let you go, and we'll have to we'll talk a lot, you know, over the next couple of weeks. And uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about. There will be a lot to talk about. And uh, I guess now at this point, just uh, go uh, pull for the Blackhawks and hope they force a game seven. And what we talking Belmont stakes? You know, I was gonna bring that up, but I thought after your your crazy rant about winning and losing, I'll I'll hold that off till we no, get closer there's to not, it. There's not there's nothing to talk about it yet, so we'll we'll do it next time. <laughs> All right, Monzo. Good to talk to you. Later.